Chapter 10 Wow, what a surprise seeing all you here, Marco said in a low whisper. Everyone still up for this? Jake asked. Sure, Marco answered. We're looking forward to it. Who needs sleep when you can run off on a suicide mission instead? It was pitch black. It was three in the morning. We were on the edge of the forest. Jake, Rachel, Marco, and me. Tobias was in the tree above us. The same five kids who had wandered stupidly through a construction site at night on our way home from the mall. The same kids who had seen the Andalite fighter land. The same five kids whose lives had been changed forever. We had been made into soldiers that night. Soldiers in a terrible war that we could not really hope to win. Tobias had paid a terrible price. But so had the rest of us. There we were, in the dark, ready to do things that would make us scream if we ever stopped to think about them for too long. Axe was there too. Poor Axe, who was even more alone than the rest of us. He was in his own body, his stock eyes restlessly peering in every direction. I thought we'd morph owls, Jake suggested. They're fast, and they fly well at night. Till we get close. I was relieved. Owls was a good choice for what I had in mind. Owls are the only natural predator of adult skunks. See, some species of owls don't have a sense of smell. If you're going to eat skunks, that's a good thing. I wasn't going to eat adult skunks, of course. I was going to try to find some skunk babies. Wish I could go with you guys, Tobias said. But I'm not that much use at night. You found us a way to get into this place, Jake said. And you got us the termite morph. And we're just so amazingly grateful, Marco said sarcastically. We all laughed nervously. It was good to know that the others were all as scared as I was. We all started to remove our outer clothing. We wore our morphing suits underneath, a collection of bike shorts, leotards, and t-shirts. We can morph skin-tight clothing, but not things like sweaters or shoes or watches. Jake wore a pair of bike shorts and a sort of spandex top. Marco snickered. What? Jake demanded. Marco put on an innocent face. Nothing. Nothing. I'm just saying if we're going to be superheroes, we need to do something about these stupid outfits. We look like refugees from a Bulgarian gymnastics competition. That's all I'm saying. Except for Rachel, of course, I pointed out. Naturally, Rachel had found a way to coordinate her outfit. She looked great. Here's the plan, Jake said. We morph owls to get close. We demorph at least 200 yards away from the compound. Then we crawl close, morph termites, dig under the force field, and enter the termite holes in the outside of the building. As long as it's nice and simple, Rachel said darkly. She looked at me, and I realized even fearless Rachel was afraid. That scared me. I tried to focus entirely on assuming the owl morph, but my brain was buzzing away. You know how sometimes you can't stop your brain from just racing around? It's like a computer that's playing a dozen programs at once. I was worrying about too many things. My science project? Lying to my parents? Whether Axe really tried drinking engine oil? Whether the baby skunks had already been killed? Maybe it was self-defense. 
I didn't want to start worrying about the thing that really worried me. Somehow, my life had turned very, very weird. I saw Axe was morphing quickly. His tail went limp, like an empty sock. Feathers were growing to replace his fur. I looked down at my own arm and saw the feather patterns being drawn on my skin. They were beautiful, really, if you didn't stop to think about them being on you. You could see the quill, a gently curved shaft. From it, the thousands of individual veins spread. Then, quite suddenly, the feather drawing became three-dimensional. They seemed to simply pop out of my skin. It itched a little as the feathers grew out, all across my body. I was shrinking all the while, getting smaller and smaller. The dirt and pine needles and leaves and twigs all came rushing up at me. My bare feet grew rough, as if they were one big callus. Toes melted together, then formed into talons. Long, curved, sharp, tearing claws grew. The talons were the main killing weapon of the great horned owl. An owl would fly along silent in the night, then it would strike, grabbing the prey. A rabbit, a squirrel, a rat, a skunk, by the head. The bones all through my body were rearranging themselves. Many disappeared altogether. Others became twisted and misshapen. My breastbone grew deeper. My various finger bones grew longer first, then shorter. All of this made a grinding noise that resonated up through my body. My internal organs were radically redesigned, and my eyes seemed to swell and swell till they filled my entire head. My eyes were so huge compared to my body that they practically rubbed together inside my skull. Suddenly, it was no longer night. It was as bright as day. The amount of light that was a dim, flickering candle to my human eyes was a spotlight to my owl's eyes. Whoa! I heard Rachel cry. I enjoy these eyes very much, Axe commented. They are wonderful. I spread my arms wide and opened my wings. The change was complete. I felt the cold edge of the owl's instincts, the instincts of a predator. I had morphed the owl before, so I knew what to expect. I had used the eyes and the wings and felt the brain. It wasn't exactly second nature, but at least it wasn't a surprise. Ready? Jake asked. I flapped my wings and drew up my feet and rose easily into the tree branches that, in the darkness, were invisible to humans, but clear as blazing neon to me. I saw Tobias sitting perched on his branch. I felt his instinctive hawk's caution as a flight of five-horned owls flew past. The day belonged to the hawks, but the night was ours. Good luck, Tobias said. Don't eat anything I wouldn't eat. (laughs) Ha <laughs> Marco laughed. He was high on the thrill of a good morph. So was I, I guess. There is a rush of power that comes from being an animal in its natural element, particularly a predator. In the air at night, nothing could touch us. We reigned supreme in the forest. We flew in a loose formation, not soaring above the trees, but flitting through them. Our wings didn't make a sound. An owl's wings are as carefully designed as the wings of the most advanced stealth fighter. More, really. The feathers are designed not to flutter or ruffle as the owl glides through the still night air. Frightened mice, listening for any possible danger, hear nothing at all as the owl swoops down for the kill. As well as I could see, I could also hear everything. I could hear as well as the wolves. 
As we flew to what might be our destruction, I tried to focus on my other goal, listening for the cries of the skunk kits, watching the ground below for the waddling, shuffling walk of a lost baby skunk. This is so weird, Marco said. I love this part. It's the next part I'm not looking forward to at all. It'll be okay, Jake said. Yeah, I mean, what could possibly go wrong? Rachel asked dryly. I swooped and zoomed through the trees. All the while, I watched the ground below me and focused my hearing, and in that way, I reached the York compound without having to think too much about what was coming next. Chapter 11 Almost there, Jake said. Another couple of minutes. Even in thought speak, I could hear the tension in his voice. I felt something like a cold hand squeezing my heart. Then, a noise. A noise against a background of noises. But this noise was one the owl's brain wanted to hear. A noise the owl's brain had evolved to notice. The sound of helplessness. The sound of a weak creature. Weak, tiny, helpless babies. There. It was coming from a hole that no other animal would have seen in the pitch black of night. A hole dug beneath the roots of a thorn bush. Four, no, five separate voices. Were they the skunk kids? Maybe, I couldn't be sure. But it was night, and they sounded like they were alone. It could be. I looked around, swiveling my owl's neck. I tried to form a picture of the place. The trees, the outcropping of rocks just twenty feet away. I wanted to be able to find this place again. If I was still around to find anything... The mewling sound of the babies reached something inside me. Inside the human, Cassie. But to the owl, it was the sound of a mule. It's strange to have these two feelings in your head at the same time. Human compassion and the cold ruthlessness of the predator. Strange. Okay. Jake said a few seconds later. Here. We swooped low and landed. I started to demorph quickly. I didn't want to feel that predator in my mind anymore. Not right then. The world went dark as my human eyes re-emerged. The forest was a darker, quieter place to Homo sapiens. I looked around and couldn't see any of the landmarks I'd tried to spot. I would never find those skunk kids in the dark. Not with human eyes, anyway. Maybe by the light of day. I could come back in the morning. If... Okay, we have to get as close to the edge of that compound as we can. Jake whispered. We can't be spotted as humans, but we can't morph termites too far from the building. Termites don't exactly move fast. I have a suggestion, Prince Jake, Axe said. Axe is under the impression that Jake is the equivalent of an Andalite prince. A distraction, he continued. We could give the Yurks something to chase. I knew instantly what he had in mind. An Andalite, I asked him. The Yurks would not be able to resist, he said. You could end up very dead that way, Marco said. No, Axe, Jake said. We need you inside. There may be Yurk computers in there. We need you. But a distraction isn't a bad idea. Jake looked at me. Anyone want to volunteer? It would probably be safer than going inside. He was offering me a way out. A way to avoid having to become a termite. 
I should have said yes. I wanted to say yes. But I couldn't do it. I couldn't take the easier way out. Okay, we draw straws. All except Axe. He goes in, regardless. Jake pulled up four strands of tall grass. He shortened them to about six inches. Then he took one and shortened it further. Short straw plays tags with the yurks. He concealed the bottoms of the straws in his fist. Next time, let's play some other game, Marco said as he drew a straw. Yahtzee, maybe. I don't like games that involve life and death. One after the other, we drew a straw. A long straw. I looked carefully at the straw in my hand. Yes, it was a long one. Jake looked shocked. He held the short straw. We were all shocked. Somehow it just seemed automatic that Jake would be there with us. Marco grinned. Sooner or later we had to try a mission without you, oh great and fearless leader. Marco could joke about it, but none of us felt right going in without Jake. Now it was too late to change that. Okay, Jake said briskly. You guys know what to do. I'll use the wolf morph. The Yorks will be on the lookout for wolves. He started to walk away. Then he stopped and looked back. Be careful, alright? Go ahead, Mom, Rachel said. We can handle this. At least we hope we can, I muttered. Jake walked away and was quickly out of sight. Okay, we have to be ready as soon as Jake starts making trouble, Rachel said. We hear something go down, we run toward the perimeter of the compound, staying just back in the trees, morph, and hope we can find a way into the building. What do we know about these termites we are morphing? Axe wondered. They're like ants, Marco said. Actually, they're related to cockroaches, I said. I looked them up in one of my mom's books. They have a society like ants, but roaches are closer relatives. They eat cellulose, the stuff in wood. Bacteria in their guts digest the wood. The worker termites, they, um, they eliminate their waste. And the soldier termites kind of eat it. I think, judging from the termite Tobias brought us, that we are going to be morphing soldier termites. All three of them were staring at me, looking a little sick. Well, Axe wanted to know, I said. A light! Look! I hissed. Away off through the woods. That must be on the far side of the compound. The spotlights just went on. We could hear the sounds of human voices yelling. And then, the wild, defiant howl of a wolf. That's it. Let's rock, Rachel said. We ran toward the compound. We ran, hunched low, scurrying from tree to bush. Then, as we still got closer, we dropped down and crawled on all fours. I heard shouting and the eerie zap of Dracon beams being fired. I hope he's okay, I whispered. I didn't think anyone could hear me, but Axe said, Prince Jake is very smart. He will be fine. Do you guys think we're close enough now? Marco wondered. We were closer than we had been the day before, just a few feet from the edge of the clearing. All of us hunched down behind one large tree trunk, even Axe, which, in his normal state, is awkward for him. We huddled close, like some big group hug. When we morphed, we would become tiny, and even a few feet between us would seem like a mile. Time to go termite, Rachel said. She had her arm around my back. I was already sick with fear, 
Afraid for Jake. Afraid for my friends. Afraid of the very thing I was about to become. Can I just say this sucks? I muttered. Amen. Marco agreed. We were shoulder to shoulder. My head touched his. And then, as my very bones rattled and my teeth chattered from fear, I began the process that would dissolve my bones and melt away my teeth. Down, down, down. Falling. Falling forever. It was like I had jumped off the Empire State Building and was falling. Yet, even though I fell, I never quite hit the ground. I was going from a girl of less than five feet to an insect less than a quarter of an inch long. I was becoming something that could have crawled inside my own ear. Already, the others who had seemed so close seemed to be a long way off. With my eyes still mostly human, I could see Rachel's face lose its features and bulge out. I saw the monstrously big mandibles spring like black, sideways tusks from her mouth. And then, my eyes went dark. I was blind. And I was glad. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs auditory experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. Uh, sorry for the shorter episode this week. It's been kind of a crazy week for me, and it's been a little trouble, uh, a little difficult getting time to sort all this. So, uh, I wanted to get something out, so I did. Um, that's all I really got, so, you know. If you liked what you heard, you can give me a rating review on iTunes, tell a friend. You can find this by searching Audiomorphs wherever. Uh, be sure to check out my second podcast, OK Crusader. You can search that wherever again. It's where I get guests on and we talk about dating superheroes. Uh, if you'd like to reach me, you can do that at audiomorphscast.tumblr.com or audiomorphscast at gmail.com. Other than that, I will see you next week. Thanks. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight.